0: I am stupid. You are stupid. Ugh, have you ever had a really, really good cry? Hello, and welcome back to the Hard Feelings Podcast. This is, of course, my mental health podcast where we talk about things like anxiety and depression, a.k.a hard feelings. I'm so happy to have you back with us this week. I have a very exciting episode. Did I give you another very clickbaity title? That Except it's not clickbait because I actually am going to talk about how I'm stupid and that's okay. So today I want to talk again about emotions that we try to suppress. So in the last couple episodes I've talked a lot about anger and how that's an emotion I really struggle to own. I really struggle to take ownership over the fact that I can feel angry and often do feel angry because my entire life i viewed anger as a negative trait that i just should not be so i pushed it down and pushed it down and suppressed it and i'm now just starting to accept that part of myself but i'm also trying to accept other parts of myself that i have repressed for a long time and one that you might not typically think about is stupidity you know i feel like so often somebody you know you're talking to a friend and you say like oh i feel so stupid i did this do you notice people will always say, you're not stupid. You're not stupid. No, we all do that. I, I do it to friends all the time too. I When my boyfriend says he feels stupid for doing something, I'll immediately jump on him and say, no, 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 you're really smart. You're not stupid for doing that. That could have happened to everyone. I am so quick to tell people they are not stupid and people are so quick to tell me I'm not stupid. But what if we were all a little stupid sometimes? There's a quote, I forget who it's by, but basically it says that love is the expression of every emotion at once. People think love is the absence of all other emotions except for happiness, but in reality love is every single emotion because we as human beings cannot be whole without owning every single emotion. And the more we repress certain traits of ourselves, the more those traits will have a chokehold on us. And I have recently realized that stupidity is something that I really try to repress. I try so hard to come off as intelligent, you know? And here's the deal, I'm also intelligent. If I, I can't be stupid without being intelligent, right? Otherwise you wouldn't know the difference. So I know that I am a smart person, but I have really tried to repress the stupidity for a long time, and I think it has a lot to do with my childhood. Not from my parents, my parents never made me feel stupid, but I definitely had some friends growing up that made me feel pretty stupid and called me stupid. They called me gullible a lot because I would just believe anything that anybody said because I was a very trusting kid you know and like also I don't know my parents were never really sarcastic with me so I think I just didn't really get sarcasm with the kids at school so I would just always think they were being serious and then they would laugh at me and they would think I was stupid so that's definitely a part of myself that I have not wanted to own but just like anger stupidity has its own gifts too every single emotion or trait has its fair share of inconvenience. Conveniences or you know negative aspects to it as it does positive aspects. That's what balances everything out So stupidity also has its gifts and I'm not gonna lie to you I was really struggling with that one when I was reading about it in this book that I'm reading right now Dark Side of the Light Chasers I gotta finish this book. It's it's really good. I listen to my books. Sorry side note I listen to my books on audiobooks because I'm too easily distracted to sit down and read a book But and, and this one was like eight and a half hours long so so, I've been spreading it out, you know. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. In the book, they talk about how important it is to embrace stupidity and how everything has a gift. And as I was listening to it, I was like, I'm really struggling to find what I think the gift of stupidity is. The gifts of anger our justice, our knowing when there's injustice and anger is a protective emotion. That is, like, a positive aspect to anger. Anger is often what encourages people to take action, to stand up for themselves or others, and that is such a wonderful gift. But I was sitting here, racking my brain over stupidity, being like, I can think of all of these negative things that stupidity does, but what could stupidity possibly be good for? Until Yesterday, okay, let me set the scene for you. Yesterday, I had two creator events to go to, influencer events, if you will. I am very new to the influencer events scene. It was only, I had only went to three previously, and I only went to my first one in the summer of this year. So, I am very new. I have severe social anxiety. You guys know if you listen to this freaking podcast. I have severe social anxiety. I've talked about it in multiple episodes. Um, so, going to these events is is really scary for me. So anyways, I had two of them yesterday, which is like, why did I even do this to myself? I was telling my therapist, I was like, sometimes I can't tell if I'm trying to be brave or if I'm just torturing myself because why give myself two social engagements and one day when I know they make me nervous. But anyways, I did it because I really wanted to go to both. And the first one I went to, I show up to the event and it's lovely. Everyone is super nice. I'm instantly like relaxed, I was so happy that I went, it was super intimate, it was a lovely event, and I find out at the end of the event that I was actually there on the wrong day, so I guess this was a three-day PR event, and the first two days were supposed to be for media, and the third day was for influencers and creators, and I showed up on day two. And nobody told me that I was there on the wrong day until I was about to leave and they were super sweet and they were like, oh, it's fine, you know, it doesn't matter, we're here regardless, like, we were just so happy to have you. They actually said it was a good thing that I came that day because they said it was going to be more crowded the next day. So I got a much more personalized, intimate experience because all of the other people there were journalists writing for publications. So they were, like, really trying to make sure they had all the information. And as an information hound myself, I love information, especially when it has to do with bathrooms products. This is at Lush. I I told myself I wasn't going to say the brand name, but I have nothing but nice things to say about the people who threw this event. It was lovely. And so, yeah, this is an example where I read the wrong date for this event. Arguably, Stupid and I am telling you I don't even know how it happened because you guys know how freaking anxious I am I read the email about the event so many times over and over again But every time I read it my brain just auto corrected October 5th to October 4th I don't know if it's because I had another event on October 4th And so my brain just put those together and said nope they're on the same day Also most of the events I've been to so far have been on Wednesdays So I think my brain just like decided that's what made sense even though I kept reading a different date and I showed up at this event at the wrong date and you know what I felt really stupid at first I walked outside the event after it was over and I just kind of like sighed and I was like "Uh, that was so much fun I feel so good about all the interactions I had I really hope they think I'm not stupid. How did I get that wrong? I'm so neurotic of a person. I'm so meticulous about reading things. Like, how did I do that? And I was upset with myself and I took a minute to really think about it and I was like, you know what? Literally everyone I've talked to about this has told me it seems like it was meant to be that I went on this other day because they were still having the event. Imagine, it could have been a one day only event and I showed up there and there's no one there. And then, you know, it was a whole waste and I would have had to go home, but I went a day early which is amazing because I got both of my events done on one day. I don't want to sound like getting them done, getting them over with, but if you're a socially anxious person, you know that sometimes we do have... To view events is getting them over with even though I did have so much fun once I got to both of these but like you know the stress building up to it I was just ready to be done so I was happy I had these on the same day instead of having to go into the city two separate days but yeah this is just an example of when stupidity was a gift to me you know yeah I was a little stupid I somehow got the date wrong, but it led me into an amazing opportunity to have a more intimate, personalized experience. So I guess that's the gift of stupidity. And even when stupidity doesn't have an excellent outcome, like let's say I had gotten this date wrong and I showed up there, you know, already took the Uber and everything, and then I had to turn right back around and go home and like wasted my time, That's still a gift. That still has a gift because it is an opportunity to learn a lesson. It's an opportunity to make a change. Whenever I I miss an appointment or I'm late to something, it reminds me that I need to get a little more organized. It feels like a sign from the universe giving me a little wake up call to say like, okay, you missed this thing. It wasn't the end of the world, but now you know going forward, put it on the calendar, you know, write it down. And even though it worked out for me in this situation, I've still learned a lesson from it that I need to write things down on my beautiful cat calendar back there. Because I look at it every freaking day and if I really wanna remember when events are, I need to like physically write it on the calendar or add a calendar event to my phone, I can't just rely on remembering where I'm going to be. So there was a lesson learned there, that was a positive. There was a positive that I ended up having a more intimate, personalized experience. There was really no negatives to stupidity that day. And I don't think I could have ever said that about stupidity before. At least I have trouble recalling an example. I'm sure if I really sat here and mulled it over, there's probably a lot of times where stupidity has saved me, you know? Have you ever heard of the the burnt toast theory or story? I don't know what it is. But basically, there's this story, proverb, whatever, of this person who burns their toast when they're getting ready to leave for work in the morning. So they have to make a second piece of toast. So it puts them like, you know two minutes behind and then they end up missing a, a deadly car crash or they end up missing like a deadly fire on their way to work just by a couple minutes. So the idea is that the burnt toast saved their life by doing something stupid like accidentally putting your toast in for too long that actually saved that person. I can't imagine how many times that's probably happened to us without even knowing about it, where, you know, you do something stupid, like burn your toes, running late to work, maybe you accidentally hit your alarm one too many times. Like, how many car accidents have we avoided because of that? Like, it's just really crazy to think about it when you think about it like that i'm trying to remind myself of that more like yesterday on my way to my second event i missed my connecting train by like literally two seconds because i was about to walk into one car on the subway but it was a little crowded so i was like oh let me see if i can catch the next car and then the doors closed and i missed it but another car came within a minute later so it wasn't a big deal but i kept thinking to myself like i wonder what would have happened if i got in that car Is this destined? Is it meant to be? Is my stupidity saving me from something else? And I'll never know. So it's kind of cool to have this example of the Lush event from yesterday where I do have an example of like stupidity working in my favor. I have already seen like the positive results of it, but I'm sure there's been like a thousand more times where stupidity has worked in my favor and I didn't even realize it. You know, that's why people say ignorance is bliss. You don't even realize when you're not paying attention to something, when you're being stupid, you don't even realize the ways that it's helping you. And you also sometimes don't realize the way it's hurting you. And that's the thing about all of these traits and all of these emotions is they are balanced, right? They have a complete spectrum. You know, the opposite of sadness is happiness. They both have their positives and their negatives. Sometimes you're so happy, so unbelievably happy about something that it can blind you to some red flags that you need to look out for. And when you're sad, sometimes you're so unbelievably sad that you can't get out of bed and you miss important things to do. But without both of them, you cannot be a complete and whole person because obviously happiness has a lot of amazing qualities to it. It allows us to feel insurmountable joy and releases, endorphins, and it just makes us feel so, so good. But sadness can do the same thing. Have you ever had a really good cry? Ugh, have you ever had a really, really good cry where you just allowed yourself to ball? And when you're done, you feel like, oh wait, has been lifted off of your shoulders. Oh my gosh, if you haven't had a good cry in a while, pick a movie that you know is gonna make you cry. Sometimes it can be a feel good movie. I don't know, I guess it depends on each person. I'm an easy crier, like I watch an ASPCA commercial and I'm out here sobbing. Gilmore Girls makes me cry all the time. There's a lot of, you know, especially in the season I'm in right now, season five of Gilmore Girls has a lot of crying moments, but you know, find something that makes you cry. Allow yourself to have a good cry every once in a while. Do you want to know what makes me cry? Which is wild. I was going to talk about this in a different episode and I probably still will, but if I do a guided meditation, I will cry. Something about someone else talking to me Nicely just makes me ball. <laughs> this makes me absolutely ball. Somebody else saying you are safe, you are worthy. Like someone else speaking affirmations to me, just makes me cry. Um. So yeah. And stay tuned for next week's episode where I talk about the different ways that I meditate so that I'm not just crying the whole time. I don't know if that'll be next week's episode, but it'll certainly be coming. I do want to talk about that more too because I take what I call these meditation walks. I like to... This is a little teaser trailer for you. I like to go on long walks and have what I call conversations with the universe where I literally go introspective, ask myself a bunch of questions and answer them. And that feels very meditative to me. So... Stay tuned for more of that later. Um, I think I'm going to wrap this episode up here, though, because I feel like we made some good progress embracing our stupidity today. I am stupid. You are stupid. It doesn't mean that we are acting stupid all the time. Owning a word, owning an emotion doesn't mean... That you are branding that emotion as your name tag, as all of you, as the entirety of who you are. Uh, Me saying I'm stupid doesn't mean I think that's the only thing I offer as a person. Me saying I'm angry doesn't mean that's the only thing I offer as a person. Me saying I'm happy doesn't mean that's the only thing I offer as a person. I am a whole human being, and so are you, and that means we contain the entire spectrum of emotions. And that's pretty freaking cool. Oh, I need to share my mental health song of the week because it's a really good one. Have you guys listened to Mitski's new album, The Land Is Inhospitable and So Are We? The entire album, so freaking good. Nothing but mental health bangers. And it's only 11 songs in like 32 minutes all the way through, honestly feels like meditation listening to that. But one of my favorite songs so far is I Don't Like My Mind. That one is very relatable. She says, I don't like my mind. I don't like being left alone in a room with all of its opinions about the things that I've done. And I just thought that was so beautifully put because it does kind of feel like that sometimes when you get introspective and you sit down and you think about past events, it's just nothing but opinions, right? And I feel like that's what we're all in our healing, mental health healing journey trying to work on instead of viewing all of these past events with such criticism and harsh black and white opinions, we should view them with a little more nuance, view them with a little more love, give ourselves a perspective shift to try to find the gifts from these experiences. Because honestly, there's even gifts in the negatives, you know? And that's easy to say. We'll we'll dive into that more in another episode. Oh my gosh, I could talk about that for a while. But yeah, shifting your perspective to try to find the gifts in situations is very helpful because the opinions in our mind, the criticism, does not make it a fun place to be. And our mind is the one place that we have to be for our entire lives. There's there's no escaping, there's no popping, there's no popping your noggin off and putting it on a shelf for a while. But yeah, we're stuck in our minds right now. So let's try to make them a more hospitable place to be. Do you get it? Because Mitski's album is called The Land is Inhospitable. And so are we. I want to be hospitable. I want my brain to be hospitable, Mitski. So I am going to work on that. Oh, and my mental health tip of the week for you is listen to that album. It's really good. That might not be a great tip because there's definitely some heavier parts of the album, but it's just so beautiful. It just really delves into what it feels like to be at war with your mind. And for me, that type of music makes me feel better. And it's, you know, depends on the mood, right? There's certain days where I just know like I'm having a high anxiety day and I need to listen to like, pop hit taylor swift i need to listen to like olivia rodrigo upbeat good for you like happy (laughs) i guess good for you is kind of an angry song but i need upbeat peppy songs so some days that's what i need and other days i need to listen to mitski and lucy dacus and boy genius and just get into my feelings and that can be really healing too you know that's another positive side to sadness sad music oh my gosh how much Do we love sad music? You know, when people think about their favorite Taylor Swift songs, a lot of people end up saying All Too Well, which is this absolutely devastating song, but it's so beautiful. Sad songs are so, so beautiful. And that's another positive to sadness. Oh, I'm giving you lots of tips and tricks at the end here. I thank you guys so much for watching this episode, watching or listening to this episode of the Hard Feelings Podcast. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you are listening to it, and follow or subscribe if you're on YouTube. Always gotta make sure I address all of the platforms. If you are listening to this podcast and you want to watch the visual, definitely head on over to YouTube. I'm wearing a really fun makeup look today. I have really shiny, silver eyeshadow on and you can't see it unless you come to youtube or follow me on instagram either way would be lovely i thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you next friday with a new episode bye take care of yourself